My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this podcast. Unlike any other it is almost time for the Masters, but right now it is time for some fairway rolling! Yeah, my par-saving pals, my birdie buddies. We've done it. It's the week before the Masters, so we are very excited. Things are starting to get serious. You have landed upon the Ringer's New golf podcast brought to us by our outstanding friends at Callaway Golf, with whose epic flash models already have more worldwide driver wins so far this year than any other driver models, including the driver win in the hands of none other than Kevin Kisner the match play champion. There's also been 10 worldwide Callaway driver wins by non-staffers because they choose that driver based on performance. Callaway continues to be number one in worldwide driver wins and worldwide driver usage across the major tours this year. I am your starter, Joe House. We have an outstanding show, obviously doing a little bit of early forecasting on the Masters doing a little bit of recap on the events of the match play tournament. The first tee is open, my birdie buddies. Let's go stick a peg in the ground and get this going. Four, please. Now on the tee, Chris Vernon. Yeah, Verna, we're doing we're doing the Masters style in, uh, introduction because the Masters is right around the corner. I can't believe it. Are you ready? 
I can believe it. Um, we just have to act like this Valero Open's not happening this weekend. Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> we have a two-week <laughs> run-up to the Masters. The only thing I care about and want to think about and evaluate is who who we're going to pick for the Masters, what sandwiches might I eat if I'm able to get down there. Like, you know, we need to game plan for the Masters. All credit to the Valero Open and and the charities associated where they're with and the players that are playing in that thing. I honestly hope Jim Furyk goes and wins so that he can play in the Masters because he's on the outside looking in on the official world golf rankings. But yeah, I, I just have to say it's all Masters all the time. Now, having said that, having set that stage, let's talk about how we did this most uh, recent week at the, the WGC Dell match play. Uh, do we have to? All right. <laughs> let's, let's get, let's, well, hey. All right, so it was by Wednesday, I was like, I don't even know why I made picks on this stupid thing. <laughs> because now, in retrospect, I took a bunch of bigger names that were longer shot. Like, the, the odds were pretty far on pretty much everybody, unless you were going to deal with DJ or Rory or whatever. And obviously, in this kind of setting, where you can get bounced out, that seemed foolish to me. So I was at least proud that I took a crack at, like, the Jordan Spieth of the world and the, and, yes. the, uh, and the Lee Westwood and this kind of stuff. Like, just go ahead. You had, and you had Kepka. You tried with Kepka. Yeah. 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 Like you just, all right. So here's, here's guys that are a little further down in yeah. the odd. Um, and maybe, and, and maybe if they find themselves or maybe if they're going head to head, we'll get the best out of them because in the end, when it all shook out and you ended up with the final four, I could honestly say, outside of Molinari, who we talked about, um, yes. I could honestly say, I never considered any of these guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the only one that, like, uh, I don't recall whether we discussed them or not, but as I compiled my lineups and thought about who I would enter in the various uh, pools and so forth that I play in, I took a look at Kisner, and in fact, I included him in one uh, fantasy lineup because he was the runner-up last year, and the point in this thing for a lot of the formats is just to get guys that make it to the final eight or final four because everybody's making money. It's a WGC event. There's no cuts. Everybody's cashing. So you just need to get into that top eight. And then if you're really lucky, you get to top four. So I had Kisner in one lineup, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, Kucher, all he had to really go on was uh, – the longer, uh, you know, looking way back a little bit, um, his track record. He's a he's a he's a good match play player. Um, and and Molinari, we knew, but I, this is what happens with this thing. Lucas Beer regard Beer regard. Beer, I mean, I'm going to get the name wrong, and I apologize to Lucas and his family. He played awesome. I mean, it was awesome to see. Uh, but he he landed in the right place, coming in fourth place. All right, right. Let me. Let me, yes, let me speak on this very quickly on the Matt Kuchar front. Number one, there is nobody in sports that I can remember outside of like real legitimate scandal and or crime, like, like a Ray Rice, right? Like somebody like that, they've, they've destroyed their perception in, in, within 24 hours, right? With something yes. like that. Yes. Outside of that, I really believe no, I have never changed course. My perception of someone in three months' time, as much as I have with Matt Kuchar, <laughs> I found him to be so likable, 
the corny guy that's always smiling with the sketchers. You know, everybody's like, cooch. And yeah, he's he in on the joke. Toucan. He was in on the joke a little he, bit, right? Yeah, he, st- he stiffs Toucan down in Mexico. And boy, then, oh boy. I don't know how active you were on Instagram yesterday. I was active. This, I observed. This video with him and Sergio... I honestly have seen more comfortable hostage videos than this. Well, that was, was the like, thing we wanted. I was looking for his hands because I wanted to see if the which hand had the gun in it that was he had jammed in to, to Sergio's side. Right. This was like, I, I swear to God, I'm watching it and I'm waiting for like the punchline, the gaff, the joke, whatever it may be, and it like never came. It never came. It was like this was serious. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, and he's like, it was like a principal talking about a kid. Like Billy understands what he's done and Billy's contrite and wishes he would have handled things differently. And I've spoken to Billy about how we can act differently in class. And I'm like, is this for real? Like, is it, I I can't even, I can't believe this is happening. And this isn't a joke. Like it, if it was a Saturday well, how about this? sketch, I wouldn't believe yeah, it. Well, that's right. I, I expected at the end of it, Sergio to say April Fool's and then turn around and give Kucher the finger because that would have been right. the right ending. It really was an April Fool's. It was two April Fool's sitting next to each other with a highly contrived, completely artificial attempt at uh, reestablishing some normalcy between them. It was, it was a hostage situation. I mean, it felt like a bad <laughs> episode of The Bachelor. It was, and and it, like, just be clear on this. Nothing has come out saying that that was a goof, right? Like, no, <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. The, I mean, okay, I kept the, waiting the, for like, surely this is a goof, right? Because this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, this is the just, thing with these golf guys. They 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 live in a world that the rest of us don't live in. I mean, the best you can be, the most generous you can be after watching that is you just say. Well, that was extremely awkward and highly forced and not anything like a normal conversation that two normal human beings would have. But maybe this is because they're pro golfers. This is the way they they talk and they think the outside world is is able to comprehend them. I don't know. That's the best I can do. I I don't believe for one second that Sergio did not go hang out with his buddies that night and be like, can you believe this D head? I'm telling you. Didn't give me, like, just give me, uh, Sergio understands what he did. Sergio understands that he missed the putt. And I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, nobody, nobody has come out and said that Matt Kuchar did not have an opportunity to turn to the rules official and say, I conceded the putt. Nobody said he was deprived of that opportunity. He, he, his own self said that, that Sergio hit the ball before he had the chance to concede it, but that did not prevent him from turning to the rules official and saying, I conceded that putt. It is the battle of the generally unlikable in this particular case, (laughs) but, but because right, because Sergio is a hothead who's like, Effing up greens for oh, yeah, right, right. Like Nobody liked what he did in Saudi Arabia. I was fine with it. I, who cares? F up those greens in Saudi Arabia, and and then he'll take a hundred years to hit a shot. And like, I mean, people, he's not exactly you know the people's champ by any means. But no, 
house, if me and you and a couple of buddies are playing, and I went and tapped that like it was a gimme, and it rolled out, and then you turned to me and said, that wasn't a gimme. I mean, it's a fist fight. It's a fight. It's, it's a fight on the green. We don't even make it to the next tee because, we're, and by the way, a, a green, the green's getting messed up because we're on the ground. I mean, it ain't even like I mean, there's going to be swinging within. We're going to be grappling. I mean, it's a fight on the green. And that's when we, when people are like, right, when when people, when when the average guy who plays golf and is hopefully listening to this podcast plays with his buddies, that happens 10 times around. Yes, exactly. exactly. It's just the dinky and you just pick it up and all right, let's go to the next hole. Right. Um, it, because you missed the one that really mattered. Right. That's right. I ain't That's standing right. And over it, making you, I ain't standing over you, making you make a six inch putt. Like, get, what are you talking about? I know that, like, that that's exactly oh, right. I mean, and then, so it's a war. Uh, and anybody yeah. that would not concede that, or anybody that in in retrospect when it was, you know, when they did give him the whole like again, that's a fist yeah. fight. Well, like, he had the opportunity <laughs> to make it right. Well, that's what Sergio attempted. He said to him, Well, why don't you just concede the next hole? And then we're right back to to all even. Now, I I mean the, the reservation for Kucher there is losing uh an advantage, but he didn't deserve that advantage in the first place. So I mean, this no. is villain on villain crime. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, if it had been mutually assured destruction, that would have been better if they both had fallen over at that moment uh, and, and, and had busted knees. That would have been fine. Unfortunately, Kucher went all the way on to the final, but uh, uh, the golf gods looked down and, and, and uh, took recognition of it. And that's why Mike Kucher was not the WGC match play champion of 2019. Enough about those dickheads. Let's move on to something much, much, much more important. We started off by observing we're in the home stretch here. Let's talk about this week in Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods! <laughs> All right, Verno. So, look, we both had very, very, very modest expectations coming into this match play event. We poo-pooed his chances of going forward, and then the golf gods rewarded us with the most unbelievable out of the all of the juiciest pairings you could imagine on on the on the tee sheet, the golf gods looked down and gave us Rory against Tiger Saturday morning. Were you able to watch that? I was, and I, you know, I am sky high right now in terms of <laughs> expectations <laughs> and how he can play. Because here's the thing, House. Um, number one. You know, it's it's easy in in the moment or a little bit later to forget. Like Rory was taking on all comers and has been unbelievable and has been going head to head, you know, weekly with the best guys in the world and coming up big over and over. A guy that I would routinely expect to fold um, under pressure, or if he's right there at the end, I'm like, eh, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold on to this. And like even down the stretch, you remember the one tournament earlier this year. He birdies like six holes, six out of seven holes, and doesn't gain anything on Dustin Johnson because Johnson's yeah. just playing out of his mind too. Down but I mean, Mexico, Rory like yeah. routinely has been at peak of powers, looking like the best golfer in the world, and so this was the chance, right? All right, now we're going to get to see. You know, does he look now? Here's the best guy in the world at this moment. If it's not Dustin Johnson, certainly the guy that has been playing 
uh, the best most recently. And does it look like it's two different caliber of player? Does it look like, you know, because in the end, you know, Tiger's been, what, like maybe eight strokes off of a, off of a leader in any of these tournaments so far since the season began. So we think he's played pretty well. He hasn't been very close to winning a tournament yet. And so now here's the moment. And does it look like he's right there alongside this guy? Or does it look like he's, you know, a step below? Um, that's he's right. more like everybody else. And that's right. He looked, I mean, he looked him dead in the eye and beat him. And so I don't know how my, how my expectations could be greater or how I could feel greater right now about him going into the masters because that's the test. What do you look like when it's heads up you versus the guy who's been the best most recently, he was right there with him step for step and then took him down. That's why I think your uh, analysis here is uh, so thoughtful and on point, Mr. Vernon. The incredible thing about this match play tournament and the format is it gave us a beautiful preview of what two guys uh, standing at, uh, on the same tee because the, the the format in the Masters on Sunday, it's just two guys. And so if you're in one of those last, let's say, five groups, the thing that you're trying to do in the first place uh, uh, is beat the dude that you're matched up against. Because if you beat that dude, that means you have the possibility of climbing up the leaderboard while the other guys in the other groups and any of those top five groups um, are mucking around doing whatever they're going to do. And, you know, this was a very, very... I, I think it's right to, to link this up this way. Rory stood on the tee with Patrick Reed last year in that final group, and his first shot off the tee was uh, damn near out of bounds and a scramble to save bogey, and he had a chance on the very next hole to rectify that wrong and to clean himself up and to redirect the round on the very second hole, and he missed a short putt, and that was it for Rory. And here we are with Rory. You said it so well. At the height of his powers in the 2019 season, that he's matched up with the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and it really is a heads up. We're looking at each other. It's time to go. One guy's going to win and one guy's going to lose. And it was Eldrick Tiger Woods that came out on top, ready for the moment with the golf to accompany it. And I, I'm like you. I'm feeling very, very good about two weeks from now. No, if he's up in that moment, if we get him against Rory or we get him against Dustin Johnson, that was the two. Either one of those two guys. Everybody else is a peg down as far as I'm concerned. Like, if you have to face those two guys, because we're just coming off recently, Rory having a chance to win the tournament and just pipes it down the middle on 18. That's and right. Goes and, he wins, and he wins the tournament, right? Something that we would not have thought is generally his characteristic. It's like, okay, this is a different dude now. Like he, well, he, 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 can he be was a, around the he hoop. He was killer. around the hoop. That's right. That was it. I mean, yeah. and, and really at the Players' Championship, it was him bouncing back after kind of an unforced error bogey on 14. He birdied 15, and that's what put me on notice that something was happening. He was bringing something to the table that was different from 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 years past. Uh, I mean, from, from weeks past. Um, the only... Uh, event you mentioned it. It was the Mexico event where he was he he was 
playing to win the, that golf tournament. He just ran into a, a buzzsaw in Dustin Johnson. Um, but Rory at the at the players did remind us of what he's capable of. So so he, here's the difference, Verno. At the Players Championship, Jason Day in those last handful of holes was not a viable threat to win the golf tournament. That was who Rory, right. Rory was paired with, and he stumbled a little bit. It was still a possibility of of Rom or Fleetwood coming from behind, but Rory felt comfortable heads up against Jason Day on that Sunday. That's a different vibe altogether than heads up. It, it, it's it's one guy's going to win and one guy's going to lose. So I I don't know where that leaves us with with respect to Rory, but I know where it leaves us with Tiger. <laughs> All right, so we're feeling good. We'll get to have a two-week high because he's not playing in this Valero. Um, so now, hope springs eternal for a go. Hope springs eternal. I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to let you go in one minute. Um, we're going to get together next week and do our formal prognostication and forecast for the for the uh, Masters. Do you have any picks other than Tiger right now? Who are you feeling good about other than Tiger? For the and Masters? maybe it's Rory. For the Masters, maybe it's Rory. I don't know. Other than Tiger, who else are you feeling good about? Finau. Wow, I love it. I, I love it. I feel like the broken ankle. I think he's got a chance to win this thing this weekend and then go in or, you know, be in the top five this weekend because this is like a long driver's course. Yeah. So he, he gets in the top 10, top five. I know his odds aren't that good for Valero, but he gets there in the top 10 or five. He's feeling good about himself. And you know I love stories. So yeah. the redemption of a year removed from the par three hole-in-one, snaps his ankle. He's got the new Nike ankle supports now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they made that funny right. shoe. That was the best uh, uh, April Fool's joke of the day was Nike with the special uh, high top up hilarious. to his knee. Yeah, that was good. Absolutely hilarious. Um and so, yeah, like, I, uh, you know, it's a year later. And by the way, the guy was like, you know, practically crippled from the ankle injury and was awesome even the rest of the way. Finish inside the top year. 10. And there are a bunch yeah, of advanced I, metrics that, that like Tony Finau. We'll talk about those. I'm glad you said him because he, he, there's going to be a lot of Finau love out of these, this, this, this podcast come uh, early next week in the forecast. Verno. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for coming on. As always, it's Masters time. I I, I hope you're ready with your annual uh, rundown uh, of you know oh. Tiger at the Masters. Are you getting the song ready? I, I could not be more ready. <laughs> you're going to do a little bit of the I song for us year. next I, week. I, I, wait, I wait all year for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Hoff. Four, please. Now teeing off, Harry Gagnon. Hi, buddy. What's up, man? How's it going, House? How's everything? Oh, it's it's going great. Now, we have to begin this week in this conversation with congratulations. We have congratulations in order on two different fronts. First of all, you attempted a world record last week. You were in Las Vegas, Nevada. You were out there with the cousin Sal. You were uh, uh, attempting to beat uh, the number of casinos bets placed inside of 24 hours. Did I get it right? Is that what the, the world record was? 
Yeah, the, the world record was 74 casinos that I had to play a table game at um, to break the record. Uh, so I had to shoot for 75, and that means um, getting to all of them within a 24-hour period. But the catch of it was that uh, I did have a Guinness Book of World Records representative with me, and we did it all from Lock It In on Sal's TV show. And everybody on the uh, Fox network there oh, was fantastic and great with everything. But uh, the only way I could get around was either walking or taking the Las Vegas bus. <laughs> that, that's the requirement for the record, right? But yeah, and you know, it, it, there, you get like, there's like 20 casinos on the strips, but you have to go all over town, all over the place to get to those other casinos. And some only are open for seven, eight hours. And like I said, I had to take the bus. I was on the bus for, listen, I'm a big guy now. I lost all that weight uh, a year and a half ago on the challenge I had in Against All Odds with Sal. I gained a lot of that weight back, buddy. It's, uh, I, I mean, I, it happens I was on the to bus the best for of us. Ten and a half hours. I oh. walked for twenty-two miles during oh. that twenty-four hour period. See, this is why I knew yeah. I had to congratulate you. Now, how did it turn out? Well, I, I wound, like I said, the record was seventy-four. I wound up. I, I was done at like five in the morning. I couldn't go anymore. I was dead. I wound up with fifty-one. Which still, I'm telling you, if they give me a shot next year, now that I know how it's worked out and where I need to start and what I have to do, uh, I can do that record. I'm telling you, I can do it. If they give me another shot, which I think they might do next year, I can break that record. I'm telling you. Now that I did it, I can do it. Well, fifty-one still deserves incredible kudos. That's a twenty-four hour tour. Of, of of all that Las Vegas has to offer. Were you keeping track of, of, of monies won or lost? How'd you do uh, in terms of the gambling? Uh, overall, I think I lost, I still lost like 300 bucks. <laughs> well, considering... Couldn't hit, couldn't hit those zeros at roulette to save my life, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Now, the other congratulations I want to pass along this week, tomorrow evening. I, you guys, I'm not sure whether you're recording today or tomorrow. It marks... The 100th episode of Against All Odds, the degenerate trifecta has become worldwide famous. You know, the beloved uh, gambling uh, 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 troupe behind the, uh, the the gambling guru, Cousin Sal. Congratulations to everybody uh, involved with Against All Odds. An incredible achievement. Oh, thanks, pal. It's great. Like, uh, it's me, Brother Bry, the Parlay Kid, uh, and Tate, our producer. Everyone, Sal, of course. Everyone's great on the show. We, uh, you know, we're all buddies. We've known each other for many, many years. It's not like we're just jumping into this and didn't know each other. We've known it. That's what makes it a little bit different. Like, we can bust each other's chops left and right, and uh, we come out with some good stats and facts, and hopefully we get a couple winners here and there, but it's been fun. 100 episodes, never thought that would happen. Uh, uh, it's been great. Thank one you. of my favorite, one of my favorite listens, and it's it's evident. This is why it's one of my favorite lessons that listens that everybody is is pals, and that's that's what I like. But it's it's also serious gambling advice with a handful of winners here and there, and that's why you are here with me today, brother H. We are talking about the Masters. We're we're less than we're we're two weeks out. Uh, from um, we're less than two weeks out. Uh, on Thursday, it, we're, it'll be one week out from the kickoff of the tournament. I know you have some early thoughts. We're, we're going to get together again early next week to do our formal prognostication, give out our formal picks. But at this stage, where we're like ten days out, let's start talking a little bit about where your head is at right now in terms of of Masters. How are you game planning for this thing? Well, 
you know, I mean, it's it. Every you got to factor in how everyone's playing lately, how how everyone finished uh, closing the season. Uh, you know, um, the Ryder Cup area too. And with that being said, I'm looking at Francesco Molinari. He's at twenty two to one. Last week he was at thirty to one. Oh, I mean, we should have got guy. it in last week. I know, right? You did. I did not. I should. I wish oh, I had. I know. I should have, too. I know. I mean, this guy's red hot. I mean, Molinar's 15th in FedEx standings, and that's in just six starts. The only better player with those stats is only the second-ranked player in the world, Justin Rose. I mean, that's pretty good company. Francesco's seventh in the world rankings, and that's amazing in its own right. But how, how clutch was he when the whole world was watching during the Ryder Cup? I mean, how special was that? Well, he and not just the 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 clutch performance there after the the world beating performance um, to win the Open Championship, the the, the British Open, um, yeah. you know, five weeks preceding the Ryder Cup, but then to come out this most recent week and validate that big swinging Johnson. Now we're calling him Frankie Onions. We we uh, he, I had him on as a guest after he won at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, and he gave me permission to go ahead and call him Frankie Onions, and and he gave me the Italian, the proper way to pronounce an Italian. If we wanted to call him by his Italian name, Francesco Cipolla, Cipolla oh, is nice. the uh, that's Frankie Onions in, in 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 Italian. But that's who he is over this last you know twelve months oh. of of competitive golf. He has stepped up to the plate and shown us somebody that is not to be trifled with. Am I right, Harry? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's got ice water in his veins. Like, you just look at him when he's, uh, you know, going down the, the back nine, 16, 17, 18. He just has a, he's so stoic. He's just so focused. I mean, I'd be really surprised, really surprised if he's not on that top of the leaderboard come Sunday at Augusta. You, you, you and I both. So that, that's one guy, 22 to one. We're, 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 we're advising people at this early stage before any, any sentiment really starts swinging his way. We've already lost the benefit of the 30 to one, but jump in now at 22 to one. Cause both Harry and I feel pretty strong. He fits a lot of the metrics, uh, in terms of the, the classic profile of a master's champion. Get on him now. But but before the price changes again in the wrong direction, absolutely. Jump Who on else do you got I mean, for me, H? I got you know what I got a I got John Rahm too at eighteen to one. Um, okay, over the past interesting. Six months, yeah, or so. Uh, Rahm has dropped down to ninth in the world rankings. He had gotten to number two. It's not like he's playing bad though. He still has in two thousand nineteen. He's got six top tens in just ten events. And uh, he won the Tiger Heroes, uh, Tiger's Hero Challenge in December. Um, look, uh, he's got a great pick. Consider- he's a great pick considering he's second on tour uh, off the green. And if he's on with his drives, look out on those back nine par fives. Number 13 is only 510 yards and 15 is 530. Rom could easily reach those greens in two. Um he was close last year, finishing fourth at Augusta. He seems like he's always high on the leader that leaderboard. And at eighteen to one, he's definitely worth a shot. So I like Rom as well at eighteen to one, and it feels like there might be a smidge of value in there because what folks will remember about him is is what happened down the stretch 
at the Players' Championship, and especially on the 11th hole, where he was, uh, he had the choice of laying up or trying to hit that green in two. And what he did was try to hit that green in two against the advice of his caddy. And that's the thing that everybody's going to re- recall. And I think it's kind of proper. That would be the only knock that you could muster as it relates to Rom is his decision making. But what if he learned something incredible at the players about himself and about the right way to play? Now, this is also uh, an element of you know success at the Masters. Everybody says that that experience of when to push down on the pedal and when to uh, you know ease up a little bit and try and 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 be strategic about uh, the way that you get yourself around Augusta National is a, is a big time element. What if John Rahm learned a lesson from his experience at the Masters and that lesson will carry through perhaps into this Players Championship? I like it. Oh, I mean, I think. I think, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you imagine if he can get a couple, a couple, a couple of those eagles uh, on thirteen, get one maybe on fifteen, shoot him up the leaderboard, and then, like you said, if he can control himself, I mean, I, 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 I applaud him for going for it. Then, but still, you got to be smart at times. But at the Masters, there are spots where you can pick where you can get eagle. You know what I'm saying? We like um, John Rahm also. Last year's performance was a 65-69. Now, uh, Rahm's only played in in two Masters, but the thing that you mentioned that I agree with quite a bit is as a driver of the golf ball, he puts it out there at a distance that gives him an advantage versus the rest of, of the slate, and he's the guy uh, a guy that's capable of of you know rounds in the 60s when it's when it's winning time Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so I, I like both of those. We have uh, Molinari at twenty-two to one. We have Ram at eighteen to one. Do you have early thoughts on a potential sleeper? You know, I just I got a couple here, just real quick. Um, don't sleep on defending champ Patrick Reed. Uh, oh my God, I, I want to sleep on him. I want to sleep on him, Harry. <laughs> tell tell me why not to. Fifty-five to one. That you can't. That that's that's still he's still a solid player. I mean that that's a great number there. And I think uh, I'm looking Eddie England's Eddie Pepperell. He's been playing really well lately. Playing yeah, a lot in the yeah. states uh, more than the European Tour uh, this year so far at 125 to one. He's been at the top of the leaderboard a couple times over in the states. So it's something to take a note and take a look at. And Gary Woodland at 95 to one. Woodland's fifth in the FedEx, FedEx standings, and at ninety-five to one, that's great value for him. I know you had him a couple tournaments ago, um, and he did, he just didn't get it together on a Sunday when we were exchanging texts and everything. But I think at ninety-five to one, that's that's a heck of a value for Gary Woodland. Yeah, I, I like Gary Woodland. He performs. Um, he has a, a decent track record uh, at the Masters, and then I think you know. Um, he's a guy that can string it together. It would be he he's been on the major stage at the PGA championship uh a couple times, but um, you know, he he hasn't yet really distinguished himself uh as a as a contender for the Masters, but you're talking about value when you're talking about ninety five to one. Right. So I'll I'll go along with that. I don't have any problem with that one at all. Okay, so we have couple sleepers. I like the Pepperell one. He really has been sneaking around and he kind of fits the profile of a guy that I had um, a handful of years ago, Danny Willett, who feels like, you know, he, you know, the, 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 
um, sporting public felt like Willett came from out of nowhere to win the Masters as Spieth, uh, you know, had a collapse. You had, um, Willett, you had Willett to win the uh, Masters that year? At 55 to 1. Yes, sir, I did. Oh, I did. Oh, I, nice. And, I, and, it, and we gave him out on that Wednesday. Now, that was just oh, one where we were please. doing sleepers and so forth, but we did give him out. And, you know, the reason to, to, that we selected him is because of the form that he was showing, and it's not that dissimilar from the form that, that Pepperell, um, especially at the Players' Championship, so impressive down the stretch. He had a legit chance to put himself up at the top of the leaderboard, and, and, and you know, we like that. That's supportive. So, uh, okay, I, I, I like those guys. Now, um, let, let's talk uh, 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 for one second before I let you go. We're going to save our actual picks for the next week, but we do have to make uh, an Epic Flash pick of the week. You know, Epic Flash is the number one driver on tour. Our man, Kevin Kisner, won with his Epic Flash uh, a sub-zero driver. He had an Epic Flash fairly wood in his bag. He took on all comers at the WGC match play event. And that that uh, artificial intelligence and the machine learning that produces that incredible flash, flash face technology, Harry, this is the thing with the Callaway Epic Flash. Let's go ahead and make a, 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 a Callaway Epic Flash pick of the week for uh, the Masters right now at an early value. I'm going to let you make one pick for the, the, the Callaway e- Epic Flash pick of the week, and I'll make one pick also. Hmm. All right. Well, I think for the Masters as of right now, right now I may have to lean towards, I know this sounds crazy and everything, but I think I'd lean towards Tiger Woods right now. I think oh, he's, uh, I love you so much. You know, I just think you know. Look, look what he look where he's come in the last year and a half. Dude, what is he like? Thirteenth, fourteenth in the world right now, and where he was before, where, where his head was nowhere near, uh, even in the game at all. And it's just he, you know, he's won it many times. He's been there on the top of the leaderboard. He knows what to do, and he's just getting closer and closer. I know he won the Tour Championship. Uh, uh, I, I I love it. I'm happy to hear it. I'm looking up the odds right now. Tiger Woods is available at at thirteen and a half to one, which is is honestly that's about like the best odds that we've seen for Tiger to win the Masters, the Masters outright winner um, in a in a while. He's been you know down in the single digits a few times. He's been hovering in the ten to one to twelve to one range. Tiger all the way up to thirteen and a half to one. My own pick at this stage of the game, I like. Uh, Justin Rose. I liked him last year. I like him again this year. The the pedigree is there. I the the stretch uh, uh, competition down the stretch competition he had with Sergio a couple of years ago. I still remember that he had the tournament in his hands. Sergio had divine intervention, and that was uh, you know you can't you can't beat God uh, when when Sergio was getting the the kind of um, breaks that he was getting the the ball not going out uh, in the creek on thirteen and some of the other things that happened for Sergio. Justin Rose is available at fourteen to one. That's not, you know, incredible value, but if I have to make a pick today, uh Justin Rose is my selection at this stage. It's just too much of the pedigree and and he's also been in in incredible form. I think that his performance at the match play was very consistent. He doesn't love 
um, that match play format. Um, he's never been great at it. Sometimes, some years he skips it. So I, I, that doesn't um, speak to me at all in terms of his fitness for for this upcoming event. And and he does have a special relationship with Augusta National. So my epic flash pick of the week, Justin Rose. Harry's epic flash pick of the week, Tiger Woods. What a great way to kick off our, our true preparation. We'll get together next week and give out our formal prognostication and picks across the board. Harry G, love you, my brother. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Always, always, always. Four, please. Now teeing off, Megan Schuster. Yeah. Hey, Schuster. <laughs> hey, House. How are you? I am A-OK. It's time for a little golf social. Now, I, I want to confess something. I know that you were, were champing at the bit, chomping at the bit, dying to get into some of this uh, Sergio Kucher, uh, you know, mutual axe murderer uh, <laughs> uh, dialogue around what went down between them and their in their match. Uh, I I just Chris Vernon and I covered quite a bit of it, but let okay. me hear. Give me give me uh, sixty seconds of the Schusty take. I just had to comment on the video because it might have been the most cringeworthy like apology video that I've ever seen. They both were smiling in it like they had Vaseline rubbed over their teeth. And that was the only thing like keeping them looking alert and smiling. Um, I I thought that uh, Tony Johnstone, who works for Sky Sports as a broadcaster, he tweeted out after watching the video that Kucher looked like a smiling assassin, which pretty much uh, summed it up better than I could have. Um, Well, I told Vernon that I thought it it looked to me, I was trying to find... Coacher's hands because it looked like he might have had one hand out of out of sight with with a gun jammed into Sergio's <laughs> ribs. I, I, mean, I wouldn't put it past him. This was, I mean, just the weirdest a, orchestrated thing that I've seen in a while. I don't, I don't, this is a show that we already have an explicit rating, and I'm not going to be completely explicit about it, <laughs> but the level of comfort the two of them displayed sitting together like that, it is though there was a double-ended sex toy involved <laughs> in, 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 that's how comfortable they looked in, in the sitting and the presentation of this whole thing. I, I can't even come up with a generous explanation for what was going on between those the, those two, but it's probably best for for the entire world if we just move on. Agreed. I have far too many questions to squeeze into the time that we have today, so I yeah. I think that's probably the move. Yeah, that's right. It it, it really is two for two though, in in uh, with Matt Kuchar uh, and and a dramatic you know change in in brand identity. You know the mm-hmm. golf world, the golf world is fickle. If you show you know uh, a, a disrespect. To, to a human being in terms of the, the proper way to be gracious. And then you show another disrespect uh, to, in the actual uh, field of play um, in, t- in terms of, of, you know, the proper kind of etiquette, the proper kind of move. I don't know. I mean, th- I don't three we're awfully close to, to, to Kucher being out. Schusty. It's been so wild to see how quickly this turn has come for him and how quickly his like overall stock rating has dropped like among golf fans on tour now it looks like like there were a lot of even tour players that were skewering him over social media over the weekend it was just i haven't seen anything turn that quickly in i don't know the last time well it must be the case you know uh you can be um the smiling go ha- go happy guy but don't you know you bet 
be smart about whether or not you let anybody see what's underneath that smile. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Sp- speaking of letting people see what's underneath the smile, we're the no fucks Phil continues <laughs> to just blow it out of the water. Let's talk about this story uh, over the last couple of days that came out. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like he's he's just out for the the year long belt. Like week after week, I keep waiting for someone to unseat him as you know, probably like the sauciest guy on tour. And I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, that's right. It's it's wild. So this week, uh, country music star Jake Owen went on the Four Play podcast, uh, talked, you know, shared a lot of golf related stories. Uh, one in particular that related to Phil Mickelson. This apparently happened at Jordan Spieth's wedding, which was the day after the infamous the match between Tiger and Phil. Um, I guess Jake and Phil were both in attendance, and Jake had paid the you know whatever twenty nine ninety nine thirty dollars it was the day before to watch Tiger versus Phil. Now. Jake said on the podcast he'd had a couple of drinks, was at the wedding, and decided that he wanted to basically give Phil a piece of his mind and tell him to his face how terrible he thought the overall play was, the match in general, uh, basically that he wanted his money back. So I won't read the exact quotes here because they are uh, laced with expletives, but basically Owen confronted Phil, said his piece, and, and this was confirmed by Phil yesterday on Twitter that Phil in response, took a $100 bill out of his pocket and said, quote, I won 90,000 of these things yesterday. Take a hundred and go F yourself. <laughs> Which is just like one of the most iconic <laughs> things I've ever heard in my life. I mean, if he ran for president in that moment uh, or, or even upon the telling of the story, now I'd love to hear his version of the story. Mm-hmm. And that could be his stump speech as far as I'm concerned. If he went around <laughs> town by town and just told that story, uh, I for one, I'd love to be his campaign manager. Phil for president, as far as I'm concerned, this he, this, this 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 clinches it. He has to have like a hundred percent approval rating right now, right? I mean, he's just on a like the craziest tour. He has my ten thousand percent approval rating. I can't approve of <laughs> Phil anymore. I can't approve of no fucks Phil any more than than this. And it, these stories, they feel like because we're in this mode with him, where. Uh, He's he's communicated to everybody in in his life essentially that this is his mo. I think we're going to keep getting these kinds of stories coming out of the woodwork. I mean, this happened however many months ago. This was right after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, f- five four months ago, four and a half five months ago, and it's just now. I feel like there's a lot of those stories that are just pent up, ready to come out. I think so. It feels like a sort of a momentum shift where Phil has sort of made it clear that he is kind of okay with this stuff coming out and has embraced it. And I will say we've heard so much of, you know, funny Phil stories and seen so much of him like showing so much personality lately that I wasn't even surprised when I read this this morning. I just had to laugh. The only thing I will say that surprised me about this was the fact that it happened at Jordan Spieth's wedding because I did not expect that event to be like rowdy enough that this would have happened but well maybe it wasn't that rowdy um, but the (laughs) country music singer dude getting lit doesn't sound like (laughs) you know exactly out of order and Phil the day after you know that that Vegas competition wanted to get a couple under his own belt yeah and maybe he was 100% sober who knows Uh, (laughs) either way anything's possible with Phil he could have been dead sober for this whole story to go down but if he'd had a couple that's fine too I mean it's you know following all that hard workout in, in, in Las Vegas. Let's just bo- 
both pray that he keeps it up. I mean, there's nothing better than this version of Phil Mickelson. Truly. I, I hope we get this at Augusta, too. I can't wait for this tour of force to continue. All right, Shusti, we're going to talk about some scripting. We've got some early outfits coming up here. But before we get there, let's talk about something that looks beautiful in any golfer's hands, and that is an Odyssey putter. We saw an Odyssey putter in the hands of Kevin Kisner this week. Uh, his is cut down a little bit. He likes it uh, a, a smidge shorter, 34 and a quarter inches, but he's had this Odyssey putter in his bag for years. Odyssey also won on the opposite field event down at Punta Cana. Uh, that was in the hands of Graham McDowell. That was a double winner for Odyssey putters. Odyssey had 28 putters in play at the WGC event. No other brand had more than 14. And Odyssey continues to dominate in worldwide wins and the worldwide putter count this year. A double winner will do it. Let's see if any of these outfits give out any double winners to us, Schusty. Let's do it. The Masters is barely a week away, Megan Schuster. I, I couldn't be... More excited. I talked with both Verno and with our, our, our buddy Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds. Uh, we're doing some early forecasting. How do we feel about Tiger's odds and so forth? It's mm -hmm. officially time to start talking about what dudes are going to show up in. We know that, that a couple of these brands have already started with uh, some of the scripting. The, 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 this is the thing where the players uh, or their, their, uh, their clothing uh, manufacturers publish for the public's uh, enjoyment and consumption the clothes that the players are going to wear over the, the, the Masters tournament, the Masters competition, right? Yes. And the, uh, it looks like Adidas has most of their guys out there so far. Puma does Ralph Lauren. Um, I've only seen Tiger's look from Nike. So I don't know if Nike's holding off for another few days before they release, uh, the looks for like Rory and Patrick Reed and those kind of guys yet. But yeah, most of them are out there. So let's give some, some quick reactions to, to the, uh, scripting that we've seen. Let's start with Tiger. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell whether the shirts and these pictures that I'm seeing now, I love the shoes. The shoes are awesome. And I can't right, wait to rush out and buy this. This is <laughs> the thing I've had my um, criticisms of Nike when it comes to its golf gear, mm -hmm. it dresses its pros in a way that's fine for those guys, but no other human being could dare wear those clothes right. uh, in any other setting. Some of the hat designs, the shirts, the, 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 the form fitting, like that's not us, which is to say <laughs> the American golfing public. We can't get away with that. These shirts, Schusty, look to me, they're not those, they're not band collar shirts. They look like mock turtlenecks. They Am are. Am I seeing house. this right? They what? are mock turtlenecks. And oh. I would I will say, out of all of the scripting announcements that I saw yesterday and today, this was by far the most controversial because everyone hates the blade collar. Like everyone, you know, has their issues with it, and that's fine. Um, but this is even taking it really a step further. This is like a 2005 Masters throwback look for Tiger, um, which is really interesting. And I didn't mind it, you know, for one day maybe, but it's a really bold choice to go with the tur mock turtleneck collar for all four days. It really um, is like curious. I bet the shirts look great on him because mm -hmm. he wouldn't approve of it otherwise. Right. And he knows what kind of shape he's in and what kind of shape he expects to be in 
next week at Augusta, you know, he, he he's uh, demonstrated to us in his commentary after these tournaments so far this season, like he's paying attention to his weight, his workout regime. He's fine. He's a finely attuned, finely tuned athletic machine at this stage. I bet he looks great in them. Mm-hmm. But my, my question is, who else can wear these? Right. Any right. of us? <laughs> like... I like the light blue one with a with a pattern on it, but I just feel like if I wore that out with my buddies, there's a good chance I'm catching a slap to the back of my neck. Right. Like wearing that shirt maybe under a sweater for a spring round would make sense to me, but wearing it on its own is uh, quite the look. Um, I'm really curious to see, just since we haven't seen any of the other Nike looks, if this is a a choice that has extended beyond Tiger or if this is a Tiger-specific look. Because last year, a lot of the Nike guys had, you know, the similar coloring every day. Like, they all wore blue on some days. And most of them were, I think, was it pink on Sunday? Um, So I'm really curious. They called it Azalea. And that all by itself had its own mini controversy in the sense that it wasn't, Tiger didn't wear Tiger Red. Now, Mm -hmm. we're looking at his ensemble right here. That is Tiger Red. Yes. And I love the point that you're making about the rest of the Nike guys. Is anybody else going to be permitted to wear Tiger Red at the Masters this year? Right. I don't know. I don't know if Nike is sticking with those team colors, if they decided that that's, you know, to move away from that. I'm really curious to see what we'll get from the rest of those guys. Yeah. So uh, who who else is out? Who what other scripting's out there? Um so we've got Jordan is out there with Under Armour. Um his look is, you know, pretty much the same as always, although I will note there are no white pants in his ensemble this year, which is uh a marked departure from many of his looks. Um he's going with like the all navy blue on Sunday, which is mm. in an interesting choice. Okay. Um we have also got all of the Adidas guys um I I will say I think Adidas has my award for the most boring. Um Yeah, I just wonder about this. I like Adidas clothes in in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are clothes that that have in mind um what uh, the regular golfers among us um can wear and and they they the cuts are all appropriate for like um the Amer- average American golfer <laughs> sizing yeah. but yeah. your your point is right a little bit of flavor like I don't want to be solely responsible for my own flavor Adidas could drop some flavor in there Exactly it feels like they've just kind of scaled like the gr- the gray gradient spectrum like Dustin Johnson is almost all wearing gray all week Sergio is mostly gray with some flashes of green in there um, but most of these guys, there's really not much to not much to go off of. Yeah, and it could be this is the thing. If I I, I I'm going to level a criticism after having established that I like uh, Adidas clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, the the it could be from any of the past five years. These, yes. these palettes and these things. Now this is the thing. I'm looking at Jordan's ensembles right now. I love both Friday and Saturday. I absolutely adore. The um that it's not lime green is overstating it, kind uh-huh. of a mint green yep. with a gray stripe and the gray slacks. That is classy with white shoes and white yes. hat. Yes. Boom. That's a great one. And the Friday outfit is also just that's uh, a to great me, shirt. Top notch. That's a it's a it's a three, it's a color block shirt 
with a with a, like a gray heather in the center, but the top has a nice pop of color, mm-hmm. and then a dark pants, a dark blue. It looks like dark navy. It doesn't look black, mm-hmm. uh, and navy go goes better with with the azalea pink on top. Yes. So kudos. I like I like what Under Armour is doing, and I call this out because these colors, these color schemes, better than Adidas. Much Just have to better. Say it. Better and than Adidas, right? Much more adventurous. They are, you know, it's springtime. It's master season. We all want to see a little bit of color, a little bit of, you know, risk taking in these outfits. Yeah. And make me dream of pimento cheese clothiers. <laughs> make me dream. now the the one the guys that I'm excited to see. I've always have a soft spot in my heart because of the the, the classic look that they. Put is um, the Ralph Lauren uh, and, yes. the, and the Polo RLX. That now I'm, I'm lumping together a handful of golfers, but that's Justin Thomas. That's Billy Horschel. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I, I I always enjoy like the throwback, the classic looks that 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 um, Ralph Lauren comes up with. So that's one I'm looking forward to, and and we'll just. Uh, have to see what Nike uh, unveils for the rest of its golfers for the week. Yes, yes, we will. See if that mock turtleneck goes anywhere near Rory. <laughs> All right. All right, Shusty. Uh, <laughs> another great episode of Golf Social. I look forward to comparing those to you. It will be Masters Week next week. It will be high level of excitement, high level of anticipation amongst us, amongst us, and I know that we'll have a couple good things to talk about, so I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, sounds good. Can't wait. All right, thanks. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.